let me just commend you. Jess, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, it's not a commercial, right? Somebody asked me, how you doing? I said, I'm getting better all the time. And that's not a commercial either, right? It's, it's amazing. Paul said it's scripture. Though my outward man perish, my inward man is renewed day by day. I want to talk to you for the next little while from... Hosea, I want to take you, I believe we should really be excited about the word. When you look at Hosea, it's amazing. It's God always, I don't know if I'll even use these notes, but I can tell you it was written, Hosea was written in the 8th century, in the 700s somewhere before Jesus. Hosea was a prophet, it's, it's really potent in our discovery of the love of the Father. We talk about Luke 15, I'll probably go back there at some point and talk about, and talk about scandalous grace. It's amazing when you think about it. Because when you look at John 3.16, for God so loved... We're going to look at Hosea in the first chapter in the second verse, maybe a few verses, but we'll read that second verse especially because there's something very, it's also very sordid because when you think about the father and what he instructs Hosea to do, it's because Israel is in idolatry. They've unplugged from the Father, and they've plugged into something that the end is death. They plugged into something that is, that is temporary, that is very uh, it's, it radical in its ability to use us. Uh, and I want to show you two loves in this. There's, there's two loves that we are going to find out about. And so when we read this one verse, chapter 1, verse 2, I'm going to read it from the New King James. It's, it says in the King James that the word of the Lord came to Hosea. When the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea. Now, when you look at that verse and it says the word of the Lord, you understand where the, who the word is. And when you look at the word Lord, that's added. That, that is a translation that's, that's from the English and there, it takes like at least sometimes six English words to, to interpret or translate one Hebrew word because it's so strong. And the Greek is the same. Jesus spoke both Hebrew and Aramaic. And it was the New Testaments were written during the Greek period uh, because that I, I think God's timing is impeccable. But when you read Hosea, it's the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. For God so loved... And I'm going to show you why. It says, The word of the Lord came to Hosea, and he said, Go take yourself a wife of harlotry, a prostitute, and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Deblame, and she conceived and bore a son. Now, 
I want to talk a little bit about Hosea. When you look at that word, and the word of the Lord came to Hosea, that word Lord, as I said, was added. It really is, is Yahweh. And the, trans, and the meaning, and the word of Yahweh came to Hosea. That word Yahweh means I am that I am. And the I am said to Hosea. And he tells him to do something that's really, some people are uncomfortable with reading this. Go, go marry a prostitute. She's not just a streetwalker. She's somebody who is in the temple. She's a temple prostitute. Israel was in a place where they, say, they would say that there was a mixture because they say, I'm going to worship Yahweh. But when they got there, they're worshiping Baal. Asheroth and all the other idol gods. Baal means master. We're living in a world that's not unlike that world in the days of Hosea. But look what he said. When you think about, he, he's, when you look at the word Hosea, it's very, it's, it's, it's one of the most unbelievable stories in the Bible. When you read what the Lord sends Hosea to do, to marry a prostitute. When you think this is going to be the message because Israel would be in captivity for 70 years because they had unplugged from the Father. I want to talk about two loves in this book. There is the love we know that is a God love, agape. That's Hosea. When you think about Hosea, let me tell you something about when the Hebrew, when the Hebrew people would name their children. We're going to pray for Jonah. He's sick. He's not feeling well. That's why Mason and, and Reagan couldn't be with us. But we lift him up to the Lord and we speak healing over his little body. Because Jesus is a defender of the innocent. And he's a healer of all of us. But when you look at the name Hosea, you know, in the Bible, that, that's also, when you think about Hosea, it's like, they'd pronounce names different. The Hebrews did. Joshua. Yeshua. They would, they would, we put the English J there. It's like going south of the border and they say, huh, Jose, or they take the Juan, J-U-A-N, and they, the J is silent, Juan. Valdez, okay, he's the coffee man. I love coffee. <laughs> but you look at the scriptures and they pronounce the names different. Hosea actually is a name that comes from Hoshi. Yoshia, Joshua. Remember Joshua? Yeshua, it means salvation. Hosea's name could be compared to the name of Yeshua. Because the father said, I'm going to do, I'm going to infuse you with my spirit. And I want you to go, and this is going to be a witness to all of Israel because of their condition. I want you to go marry a prostitute. And he goes and finds Gomer in the temple. Let me tell you the difference between agape and the love that they're experiencing. And we 
find it even in the church today. It's called eros. Eros is the kind of love that says, it's not really love. It, it says, I want the highest, the best, the most beautiful. And that's what Gomer in the temple, she was a plaything. She was the highest, the best, and the most beautiful. And they were using her. It was called eros. It's the kind of love that says, as long as you're the highest, the best, and the most beautiful, I'll use you. You'll, you'll bring me pleasure. But the moment you stop being the highest, the best, and the most beautiful, that's when you're out of here. Hang with me. We're going to get real. It's amazing. I'm telling you, when you think about the love of the Father, Hosea, man, he goes and we think about Israel is now the ultimate prostitute because they're prostituting the love of the Father. They're, they're giving themselves to another master, Baal, master. They're giving themselves... Let me tell you something about God. He said, I married you in covenant. I, Yahweh, married you in covenant. And you're committing adultery, spiritual adultery. Now, covenant is very powerful. Agape is like that. The covenant, God is uh, the God of love, the God of agape. It means he totally gives himself to us. Remember when Peter and the disciples are in the Last Supper with Jesus. And supper being ended, he got up, girded himself with a towel, took a basin, and started to do the most base and the lowest because the, the person in the house, when they had guests, the person who was the youngest or the one who was the lowest slave always washed the feet of of people who entered the house. The first thing they would do, they would meet him at the door. That's why Jesus, when he went to the religious man, Simon's house, and the woman came in, and remember, he, he, she's weeping and, and drying, washing his feet with her tears and wiping her feet, and they're over there murmuring about her because she's got a bad reputation. She's experienced eros. She's been used and abused because that's what, Eros will do. And Jesus said, let her alone. You, when I came in, you didn't offer me any. You didn't offer to wash my feet. You didn't anoint me with oil. But when you look at Peter, Jesus comes to Peter and Peter said, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. Jesus said, if I don't do this, you have no part with me. He said, not just my feet, then my hands and my head. And here's what I began to see. And, and religion would never tell you this. But he's saying to Peter, if you don't let me serve you, you won't be able to serve me. <sighs> oh, we, we think that God is, is mostly angry and disappointed with us. And I'm not, that's what Eros, it, it says, I, I'm not good enough. I can't meet the standard, but I'll try harder. 
Because I want to please you. I want to, I want to make you happy with me. Come on, somebody. You ever felt like that? I have in church. I felt I, I, was, I, I was somehow believed that that was my whole journey would be trying to be fit enough and to re- reach the standard of the Father. But I want you to see something unfold in Hosea that is, it's amazing. It's so extraordinary. Because Hosea goes and marries Gomer, the temple prostitute. She don't even know what agape looks like. Because all she's ever known is Eros probably sold to the temple or given to the temple by her parents. To serve in that capacity. So Hosea brings her to his house. And I want you to notice something. He don't threaten her. If you don't straighten up. Come on somebody. I'm going to preach now. He didn't threaten her. He didn't give her conditions. He didn't say if, if you do this. If you get this straightened out. No. No. He gives her no conditions. All he becomes is a picture of agape. He becomes a picture of love that not, is not looking for, uh, to, to, to say to you if or because. I love you if or I love you because. And we, we've been inundated and saturated with that mindset. That's what Eros does. It's even infiltrated the churches. Come on, somebody. I got to be very careful. Because there's two loves. The majority, when we look in the world and we see the world's mindset, the world's mind, the worldly mindset is I want the highest, I want the best, and the most beautiful. And I want it now. That's Eros. I want the highest, the best, the most beautiful, and I want it now. That's Eros. I want you to think about that. That's the way the world, and some in religion. There's about to be transfer. It's going to, ooh, Lord, it is so good. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He goes and marries Gomer and begins to have children. The first one's name is Jezreel, which means scattered. It literally means separation. It means God sows. It's a separation because the children of Israel are committing this awful... Why would you turn away from agape? It would be like when you unplug your refrigerator from the source... Everything in it's going to go bad. Come on, somebody. When you unplug from agape, and if you, on the other hand, if you don't get really plugged into it, everything inside is going to go bad. He said, I want you to go, and this is going to be a witness. Now, Hosea is a prophet. He's a prophet, and, and the prophets in that day were really close to the king. They would, they would prophesy. They had influence. And they were also sent by the Lord 
to bring a message to the people. And Hosea is a prophet and he goes and gets Gomer. They have the first child, Jezreel. Then they have another one. The other one is Lorumaha. I think I said that right. That means no mercy. No loving kindness, no love. Had another one, the third one. Lo Ami. Not my people. That's what this, that's what Gomer names them. And they name them these names. And I'm telling you, I, I want you to see it. God's about to change their name. Every time. Watch this now. Watch this. In chapter 2, he says, verse 7, she will chase her lovers but not overtake them. Yes, she'll seek them but she won't find them. Then she'll say, I'll go and return to my first husband. Sounds like first love, don't it? For then it was better for me than now. For she did not know that I have a grain, new wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold which they prepared for Baal, the master. Now, I want you to notice something. Hang with me. The Bible says that... Let me go... Hang with me just for a moment, please. Watch. He says, she conceived and God said, call her name Lo-Ruhama, which means, uh, that, that means no mercy, no loving kindness. Call her name Lo Ruhama, for I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I'll utterly take them away. Yet, watch him, watch the father. Yet I will have mercy on the house of Judah, will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, or battle, by horses or horsemen. When she had weaned Ruhamah, she conceived and bore a son, and his name was Loami, which is, means not my people. Yet, verse 10, listen at the father. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea which cannot be measured or numbered, and it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you're not my people, there it shall be said to them, you are sons of the living God. Watch God bring restoration. He's infused himself into Hosea. Agape love, to go in the middle of the darkness, to go in the temple where the darkness was, to invade the darkness, to show Eros what agape looks like. It says, it shall come to pass, you will be called the sons of the living God. Then the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together and appoint for themselves one head and they shall come up out of the land for great will be the day of Jezreel. First Peter 2.9. Hosea is in First Peter 2.9. But your chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellences, 
the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of Him who called you out of darkness and His marvelous light. Once you were not a people. But now you were Ami. My people. Now you were God's people. Once you had not received mercy. Lo Ruhama. No mercy. But now you are Ruhama. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I want you to see this. So, Gomer runs away. She goes back to the temple. Why would you go back to Eros after you've experienced agape? She didn't even... She didn't know how to respond to it because she didn't understand this love that was so unconditional. You've got to see this. She didn't understand it because what happens when you get in the, in the presence of agape all of a sudden, everything about you and who you believe you are gets lit up. And you begin to see yourself in a way that God never intended for you to be. So she felt safe to go back to Eros. Hosea goes after her, brings her back home. Jesus said, I've come in to, to seek and to save that which was lost. Come on, how much forgiveness is too much? That word forgiveness was put there too. It means release, to be released from the consequences, the punishment, and all the obligations of sin. So she runs away again. Third time, Hosea, I think, is compelled by the Holy Spirit to refrain from going after her this time. He's not going after her this time. Wait. Because surely she's going to realize it was better with agape. Eros is just using me. Eros don't care about me. Eros, as long as I'm the highest, the best, the most beautiful, it'll, bring, it'll be okay. But the moment that begins to shift... At one point, Gomer stopped being the highest, the best, and the most beautiful. You know why I know? Because they put her on the auction block to sell her. We can't use her anymore. And the Lord said to Hosea, Yahweh told the I am, said, to salvation, go buy her back. You go buy her. Maybe there weren't many people there because she, maybe she's been chained up and shackled and her hair's all disheveled and, and she's, her clothes are not, now she's not the best, the highest, and the most beautiful, but they're gonna go, she's going to go to the highest bidder. Can you see her as she's standing there, hopeless, 
saying, I wish I should have stayed. She looks in the crowd and here comes Hosea. What's he doing? What's he doing back here? Surely he's not looking for me. Yes, he is. And he pays the price for Hosea, for Gomer. The price he pays is 15 pieces of silver plus enough to equal 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. Where have we seen that? Judas, for 30 pieces of silver, betrayed Jesus. Hosea comes and for 30 pieces of silver redeems Gomer. Brings her to the house where there's no pressure. No, he's not threatening her. He's saying to her this time, he said, well, watch this. You're mine now. You can't run away again. You belong to me. I don't care where you go. You're always going to be mine. I'm going to keep you in my house till you begin to discover what agape is. Till it becomes so infused into your thinking that you won't have to even think about, you won't even think about running away again because I want you to be infused with this knowledge that my love for you is so huge and so amazing. It's not based upon performance. I got six pages of notes. I promise. We see, we see here two loves at work. God comes into the darkness for one reason, through Hosea to bring her out into the light. To God, there's only one love. Agape is unique. It's the only love that God is. We meet agape when we meet the Father it's a passionate moving. You, you understand the love of the Father is always moving. It's cascading. Agape is the heart of the Father. That sees you and loves you, not if or because, but loves you, period. Amen. Eros. If agape is the heart of the Father, eros is the heart of Satan. And people buy into it until they're all used up. And they find themselves in a place where they think it's over. But here he comes, the Redeemer, to buy her back from the lies, from the abuse, to buy her back to let her see what agape looks like. This love is amazing. I want to tell you this love is amazing. We see a picture of that love with Hosea and Gomer. Because Gomer had no clue what agape was. She, even after she was redeemed, she had to come home with Hosea so she could learn what that looks like. 
I remember being saved at 11 years old. I thank God for the blood. I thank God for the cross. I thank God for the Savior. But I've discovered something. It's not, it's not but. It's not a conjunction. I've discovered something about my Father that He sends the Holy Spirit inside of us to show us what agape looks like. So then, let me tell you what He'll do. He'll knock all the props out. He'll knock all the props out. I said, Lord, it's been a long time. It's been quite a while since my wife and I were able to be at home alone. It was a Christmas movie. We love that movie. <laughs> what an adventure. And I said, Lord, I'm putting this in your hands. I know that there's a season we're in. And I want to be faithful in that season because somebody, let me tell you, my, my granddaughter and her friend left for uh, the weekend. And as my granddaughter was leaving, she said, I love you, big daddy. I said, I love you too, sweetie. Be safe and have fun. Kaylee's on the other side of the car. She's getting in. She wasn't expecting this. I said, I love you too. I said, you be safe and have fun. You know why? That's agape. No. I've seen people, I'm going to give you this example. Here's what Eros will do. Someone who's struggling with their identity. On the phone with somebody who is supposedly a believer, a Christian. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying I don't, think they understand because when he found out that their lifestyle he said you know that's an abomination and she gave the phone back she wouldn't listen to any more you know why because that's eros that's eros let me tell you what's going to draw people when they begin to see the agape and they begin to see the love that looks beyond action and looks beyond, like Jesus, when he saw Matthew, who was despised and, and people called him a pig and, and a dog scavenger. And Jesus didn't see him like that. He saw a man because he looks at us and he looks past what we're doing because what we're doing uh, could never equal how he loves us. You understand God doesn't love you according to what you do. He'd have got rid of me a long time ago. He doesn't love me based on my performance. You know why he loves me and you? Because of who he is. He's agape. He's the picture. He don't love us because or if. He loves you because of who he is. I want you to stand with me. Two loves. Not really. One of them's not love. Did you know in the whole Bible, Eros is never mentioned, but we see the results of it over and over and over. You'll find two different kinds of love. One is agape and one is phileo. 
The Pharisees loved the high seats in the marketplace. That's like position. The agape kind of love means that he will meet you. Guess what? Hosea met Gomer where she was. And he loved her. Right where she was. But he loved her too much to leave her like that. I want, to, I want you to know he loves you right where you are. You don't have to do anything. I've heard people say, when I get my life straightened out. No. You'll be spinning your wheels. When you make that discovery of how deeply you're loved, how deeply your father loves you. I'm telling you, he sits up and looks, watches you sleep. Can you imagine a father who sits up and watches you sleep because he's so fascinated with you and he loves you so deeply? I want to read, I got to read one more verse before we pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit because I believe he's given us a, a directive. I was sitting with a young man, and I've shared this with Josh, who's had a rough time because drugs and jail time. The arrows will make you do things that you never imagined you would do. It'll make you do things. I sat there with him as he tears filled his eyes, and he told me how he had taken his dad's drugs while his dad is is on his deathbed. Well, hospice came in and discovered it. They sent the police and arrested him and he said, can I tell my dad bye before you take me to jail? They took him in and he said, I kissed my dad and I said, I'm sorry. He said, that's the last time my dad had, his dad had dementia real bad and he said that's the last time I saw my dad I was in jail when he died so I took this young man to Hebrews 13 I told him I said son let me tell you something about your father he hadn't kicked you to the curb and he's not forgotten about you and it's not over And I read this to him. Let me find the one I'm looking for. Yeah, there it is. This is from the Amplified Classic. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money. It's okay to have money. As long as money don't have you. Including greed, avarice, lust, craving for earthly possessions. That's eros. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way, listen at this, fail you. This is agape. Nor give you up. Nor leave you without support. 
I will not. Three negatives before the verb. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you. Nor let you down or relax my hold on you, my grip. Assuredly not. As I read that passage, that, little, that young man, the tears were flowing because I, I felt the presence of the Lord in that room. I was just a mailman. I was just the delivery boy. And I want to tell you, I feel that way today that God wanted me to deliver a message to you that He hasn't relaxed His hold on you and He will not without faith. He will without faith. He'll not leave you without support. He'll not relax His grip on your life because He loves you that much. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's revolutionized my life. I don't even know what time it is, but... I want to do this. I've seen it a couple of times. Saw it Wednesday night. Because I've come to discover what Paul said in Colossians. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter. He will be with you. But he will be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I'm telling you, it's become more real, sister, in my life. Every day when I pray, I'm not looking up to the God up there. Even though I'm seated together with Him in heavenly places, He's right here. So when I pray, I say, thank you, Lord. You're with me now. Thank you, Lord, that when I breathe, you're breathing. Come on, somebody. It's your breath in me. When I look, I want it to be with your eyes. When I speak, I want it to be with your voice. Lord, let me be an example because I've received that agape love. I want to tell you, young people, don't let the world's opinions chisel you into something God never intended you to be because the world has a lot of opinions. There's a lot of fads and you've got some great leaders and I want to tell you that God He destined for you to be unique to be different but to be loved with a powerful love and I want to tell you there's nothing you can do to, to make God love you more. It won't, it, perfect love does not need to increase one degree. It wouldn't be perfect if it did. His love is constant, solid. It's, and know that He's there with you. He's not going to relax His grip on you. Christ in you. Here's what I want you to do. There's an issue in your life. It could be relational. It could be financial. It could be spiritually. It could be emotionally. It could be a struggle you're having. Because... What I just shared with you makes no sense. But it does make heart. People try to rationalize God. Try to put Him in a box. Compartmentalize Him to fit their own idea. Here's what I said. I said, Lord, wreck the box. 
Leave me with no alternative but to see you like you want me to see you. To know you like you want me to know you. Lord, I don't want to live this life without knowing you in the depth of who you are. Now, I want to tell you I love you deeply. But I want you to know he's in the house. We never had to call him to come. He's, he's right here. This is what I want you to do. If, if there's a need in your life, I want to take a moment. I'm not going to take long. It'll take six seconds. I want you to come stand right here. Just for a moment. 